For professional advice with a personal touch, consult F.L. Fuller Landau, chartered professional accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Good evening. Welcome to Today's Entrepreneur, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. My name is Dan Delmar, along with FL Montreal's Josh Miller. Welcome back, Josh. Hello, Dan. Welcome back, as if I'm not here all the time. Come on. I know. Well, we missed last week. I, I didn't know what to do with my Monday evening. It was weird. <laughs> did you Did you enjoy it? Did you have the night off? No, you just did something else. <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, I don't know what I did, but I, I missed you a lot, Josh. Um, this evening, we're gonna, we have a lot planned. So we're going to talk a little bit about uh, PR, uh, which is what I do uh, during the day. Uh, and we're going to have a couple of guests that are into influencer PR, influencer marketing. So we have Karina Drisi and Christina Argento of the Sunday Collective. They're going to be our profile this evening. And then later in the show, you're going to turn the tables on me. I am. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, podcasts and the like and, and, and everything that sorts around that. You know, is it worth it? Uh, you know, is it take a lot of time, the cost benefit? And uh, I know you, you, you talk about this uh, with your clients all the time, Dan. So time to turn the tables and let's, we're going to hear your thoughts on that. I'm looking forward. Podcasting is a new recent obsession of mine. And we, we just recently uh, made it part of the business. And uh, it is a great PR tool. And we'll get to that later. Later in the show, good for businesses. Uh, first, news and notes. And of course, I mean, today the, the news politically was almost so huge we can't sort of get around it. There are some business consequences here. I mean, the government has made a statement uh, saying that Finance Minister Bill Morneau will not resign. So they're, they're getting heat to the point where there's rumors that the Finance Minister could have resigned. Uh, they're denying that and he's sticking with the Prime Minister. But this type of, um, this type of political crisis, uh, could it lead to uh, things like perhaps a, a freeze of certain investment in the business community or other forms of chill uh, if, if all of this turmoil is happening in Ottawa? And, you, you know, I think it depends what level of business you're at. Are you a really small business or are you a very large business? Are you worried about tax reform or are you worried about uh, the, the local MP fighting for your business or, or fighting for, for a local area or a local piece? So I think it's going to affect everybody a little bit differently. That being said, no doubt that, that the first and foremost, Canada, we're not competitive to begin with. So if we're not competitive on a world scale to begin with, on a number of different areas, now we're pretty good in some areas. We're pretty good on the on the knowledge base. Uh, we're pretty good, uh, although we could be better. There's no question. Uh, infrastructure, we could use some help on. Talent, we're okay, but there's we're certainly a limited number of people. Taxes and 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 ease of doing business. I would say ease of doing business, we're a little better at taxes. Got to be one of the worst. Just complete disincentive. Uh, to attract businesses to come here. And that makes us less competitive on a worldwide scale. The The fact that all this craziness is happening at government just is one other detractor, just is one other reason to for Canada to be even less competitive, Canada slash Quebec or all the provinces. And I think that's that's where it might hurt from an international level. Again, at, uh, it's going to affect every business differently. And the reality is, if you, at least this is what I believe, if you really have a great product or service that you are marketing and distributing properly and smartly, it almost shouldn't matter what government is in, is in place. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I can't, uh, I can't ignore that fact that if you're doing things right, whether you have a, a liberal, a conservative, an NDP, uh, I won't say green party, but whatever, whatever government's in power, if you're doing well, you're doing well. Uh, you can you can possibly do better if the taxes fall, 
you can possibly do better if for various reasons in immigration they can attract more people but there's still a basis to every business and if your if your fundamentals are good then the government in and of itself shouldn't completely detract from it i'm not i know it's a general statement i know there's you know i you know read articles about carbon tax and and all that that could hit businesses that they can't pass on and all that i know there's a lot of little things that we'll never be able to get to uh, but in generally if you have your business you know and it's running properly and you're doing the right things then the craziness in the government shouldn't impact you day to day long term yes all right, uh, moving on now, and CJD will, of course, be following the story very closely all week. Um, this story about the communication skills for workplace success. Uh, this is uh, from the uh, from entrepreneur.com. Entrepreneur.com, yeah. Uh, what, what were your takeaways from this one? What are the keys to communication success? There, there, Dan, I tell you, there's not a day that, that, that goes by that somebody in, in the circle that I'm speaking with doesn't say, yeah, we should communicate better. Yes, it would have been better had we spoken about this earlier. Yes, it would have been better had we not spoken two of us, but had a group of us around. Vice versa. Yes, it would have been more efficient if it wasn't everybody, but it was just focused. It, it, there's so many is, issues in business. And every time there's a business crisis or business issue, in the top three reasons is communication or lack thereof. So when I saw this article in communication, uh, it, it's a lot of basics. It's a lot of uh, repetition on what a lot of people know, but refresher, absolutely huge. Um, and and in, in, in no particular order, because it goes one through seven, uh, I'm going to talk about number two first. And that's active listening. Active listening, you know, if you're if you're looking at the person or you're looking at your watch or you're paying attention, not paying attention, there's a difference between active and non-active listening. If you're not actively listening, then the person's just going to turn off. Mm. This uh, story from Fast Company, hip offices are part of our mental health crisis. Um, what's the argument there? I believe th- th- that article I was reading it in, we recently moved into new space. We went from the second floor to the third floor and it's bright and it's fresh and it's open and it's young. Uh, I don't know if it's hip necessarily, but we'll, we'll say it could be. That is only one factor with all the talk about, uh, mental healthness, uh, he- mental health, uh, and mental wellness with all that talk, a physical space only does so much. It can definitely help. But if people think a physical space is the only thing that can help, well, then they're sorely mistaken. If you have a great space, but the mentality of the office is, well, you better stay until six or your breaks better only be two minutes or, you know, you can't really talk about some of the issues that you have going on uh, and it's not an open, uh, an open discussion environment. Well, then you can have the most beautiful, comfortable space in the world. It just won't work. You know, employees, staff, their team just won't necessarily feel connected or want to give back because what's in it for them? Physical space is great. It's important. It's not to be downplayed, but it's definitely not the only thing. This story from Financial Post about um, uh, agritech entrepreneurs, including the Montreal area-based Lufa Farms. Um, they, uh, the Financial Post writing that uh, they're eyeing the vertical landscape for new growth. And I'm not sure, Josh, does that mean the vertical as in the supply chain or literally they want to grow stuff on the walls and on the ceilings? <laughs> you know, Lufa Farms, even though we've been talking about it for a couple of years, is still fairly new. And it's fairly in its uh, in its early stages. So when they're talking vertical, yeah, no, it's it's pretty much they're talking on rooftops or looking for the right spaces. Not every building can have or house a twenty thousand square foot greenhouse. Uh, not every building can do that. 
so it, so it's it's really about look and they use Google Maps and you know to try and scope out the areas. So it's it's really when they say vertical, it kind of really is upwards. Now, of course, there's also the logistics and distribution. So there there is a, a metaphoric side uh, side to the vertical commentary as well. But really, Lufa Farms uh, and kudos to them. They are really finding areas in urban centers to create food, uh, to create a distribution center for fresh product, fresh produce, fresh vegetables. And in our ever-growing, you know, we keep seeing our urban communities build up, even though we see them building out. But in the centers, we see them build up. Well, at some point, you have to feed all these people. On the way, we're going to talk about uh, PR and influencer marketing uh, with our guests from the Sunday Collective, and uh, that is on the way. Um, we'll be talking with Karina Drisi and Christina Argento, and later we're talking about uh, PR and podcasting and vlogging uh, with uh, with some of uh, what I do for a living, so stay tuned for that. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult F.L. Fuller Landau, Chartered Professional Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Welcome back to today's Entrepreneur, inspiring stories from outstanding business people. My name is Dan Delmar, along with FL's Josh Miller. And this evening on the program, we're talking about uh, public relations and influencer marketing. Uh, welcome, Karen Adrisi and Christina Argento of the Sunday Collective. Hey, guys. Hi. Hi. So, uh, first question, Josh. Uh, very simple. And, uh, and you know, we, Dan, we're talking about this, this world, this PR agency world. And so the very first question, pretty simple, because a lot of agencies do a bunch of different things. So what does the Sunday Collective, what is the Sunday Collective and what do you do? So thank you for having us. So uh, the Sunday Collective is your one-stop creative agency. Uh, we specialize in pub public relations, event management, influencer marketing, and content creation. Now, all, when, of that. all of that, <laughs> all of that together, one stop shop. Now, but when you when you when you mention all those things, there's other aspects that when people think of a marketing agency or PR agency, you know, whether it's uh, social media and whether it's uh, websites and all that, you that you didn't list. So when you were looking to start this business, why didn't you want to get into that? Well, we're not experts in that field. Uh, we don't do website development. We don't do SEO. Um, we have great partners for that if we want to shoot you over to them. But we really want to focus on what we do best, which is PR, social media, and content creation. We build the assets to drive your audience to that website. Now, let's take it back. You started this uh, a couple of years or so ago. Mm -hmm. Where did you come from? Maybe maybe three oh. first. Okay, me first. Oh, boy. So I started off in the beauty world at Lise Watte, actually, back in the day. And this was when social media really wasn't actually a real thing. Uh, Facebook, we were heavy on Facebook at that time, heavy on blogging. So from there, I got poached, went to L'Oreal for a few years. And that's where Christina and I, if you would like to know, we've known each other since we're 12. We went to high school together. Mm -hmm. And then we reconnected um, at L'Oreal. And she had been there a few years before me. She vouched for me. Um, and then once we were there, I decided that I was really into social media and influencer marketing. So I went to Makaj, uh, did their internal PR for a while, and then I started my own thing. I started the entre entrepreneurship train at that point a few years back. And yourself, Christina, what, what was that moment where, you know, a little bit of your Jump background, ship. I understand, I understand L'Oreal, <laughs> yeah. but then you decided to really go out and, and, you, and you joined your, your partner. Yeah. When, so why? I always had that like entrepreneurial fire within me. I come from a family of entrepreneurs and uh, L'Oreal is the company that really 
helps you become an entrepreneur in your role. And then Corinne and I were working together, going for coffee every every day. We're both dreamers, and she jumped ship first. And it took her about a year to convince me to to jump ship because I, I truly loved and what a couple I did. of cocktails. Yeah. <laughs> I truly loved my job, but it came to a point where I, I wanted to spread my wings and and test my boundaries and see what I was capable of. And that's it. I jumped ship uh, a couple of years ago, and here we are today. Amazing what a couple of cocktails can do. Right? <laughs> Magic. So the, this this industry is, I've been working in here, for this industry for many years, and I get the question once in a while, what is PR? Uh, yes. And I'm sure you guys get that too. So how do you define it? It's so tough. Uh, you know what? This is your expertise, oh, but go you. for it. <laughs> it's our expertise, but um, PR is just, it's really a form of organic marketing. It's getting people to speak about your product um, in a way that is believable and genuine and authentic without being a full on advertisement. Mm -hmm. And of course, we're entering a world where the lines between PR and marketing are quite blurred with social media and influencer campaigns. We could all be honest with that. So uh, it's it's really it's been an evolution from when I started in PR about eight, nine years ago. My media list was super short with you know key editors that we had to um, hone in on. And now we have like a massive list with influencers, socialites, people who could just really help um, talk about your brand and make some sales. Now, how do you, how do you build that list or how do you, how do you maintain it? And how do you know which is best for the client? Like is, is technology your friend? Is it just experience? Is it the, your clients? It's that a little say, bit of everything. It's definitely obviously experience being on the ground, building these relationships day in and day out. So that list is constantly growing uh, because of influencers as well or socialites. Like we, we really need to be, constantly on Instagram to make sure that we know who's becoming important. Uh, Christina likes to call me the influencer whisperer, but it's almost become like not an obsession, but in a good way, in a healthy way where I'm always there. So we, I will flip over the contact to one of our coordinators or interns and have them constantly building that list. So it has to be updated almost on like a daily basis, if not weekly. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, you started a, a company before the Sunday Collective, yeah. uh, Corinne. You, you had this <laughs> other company, and we knew you in a separate life before. Yes. And it was called Stop and Stare. Yes. You went from Stop and Stare to the Sunday Collective. Why? Now, now <laughs> well, uh, well, we'll get to why in a second, um, but people kind of spend so much time in building a name and a brand and say, I really got to find the right name. Dan could talk about this for hours as well. I don't want to. From, <laughs> from, when, from when he changed his name, people put so much effort into it. What was your experience and was, was it easy for you to change a name? Why? Why did Share. I do it? Um, yeah, I had definitely built Stop and Stare to, I think, a really great place. But I don't know why I really, I believed in what me and Christina, and also we uh, work with a content creator named Carolina, I really believed that we had something to offer uh, the industry that just did not exist at that moment. And I went in, not blindly, I just really had a gut feeling. So I was totally fine putting the name away and building something brand new. Um, it wasn't as hard as you might imagine. I think the harder part is always like trying to figure out like a few months or years into the actual business. But no, I did it because I thought we could be better together as opposed to apart. And the name just didn't mean as much to you as it meant as the... <laughs> as the opportunities that were going to come. Yeah, no, to me, it was just a name. I had built a reputation for myself. I was happy about that. I was happy as to where the company was when we transitioned. And individually i think we built such strong relationships with people in the industry that i think people were kind of like excited when we we teamed up uh all three of us it was fun yeah better together <laughs> why the sunday collective oh boy okay um, so this was it was a, a couple of 
of weekends in the making and months in the making. Uh, so Sunday, PR in general, they'll all say it's like the cherry on the Sunday. It's kind of once you've got your marketing plan, once you have an amazing product, um, you kind of are the cherry on the Sunday. So we decided Sunday Collective for that reason. Um, and the collective because it is three people from three very different backgrounds that kind of come together as a collective. Dan, did you have that same experience? The collective? The, no. The, the did you have a company called The Collective? <laughs> no, it was, it was <laughs> called Provocateur, and then it became a little too edgy. And so when I turned on Netflix and I had the, the Trump organizer say, I am a provocateur, <gasps> the decision became super easy. Yeah, you're like, nope. <laughs> and yeah, we're so out. So <laughs> in that sense, it was a very quick, uh, it was very, it's a calculation almost. You know, is this brand going to take me to the next mm -hmm. level? Is it, a, is it powerful enough? Yes continue no dump it don't get too attached it's just a name yeah your, your reputation should that. exceed the yeah. name of your company that's why if ever we should have to rename our company for whatever reason i'm not too attached to it i'm attached to my partners and to the reputation that we built together so speaking of partners do you guys you know your roles do you overlap a lot yes. do you do, you know how, how do you split roles or it was kind of it's so based on your based on your special. It's a very good or... question because when we started the lines were blurred we, we wanted to be involved in everything yeah. Um, but as our clientele grew stronger, like the, the, the workload became bigger, we had no choice but to split projects. And I think in our partnerships, we trust each other. So Corinne will run a, pro a project from A to Z. I will run a project from A to Z. Carolina, who is our photographer and exclusive content creator, will handle all photography. So there's really no overlapping there. It's just really about having a trust and checking in. Uh, we're copied on all emails when necessary. Um, and we will yeah. jump in if we see something, hey, by the way, this is kind of how I would have done it, or yep. you did a great job, like I'm super proud of you. We're there to definitely, we're involved on all projects. And your customers, do they look at one of you at a time? Is there a project lead or do you kind of share? We really share. And when yes. we, I think right now when we pitch for a business, because we're constantly, you know, looking for business and pitching, we, we're in it together. So then afterwards we will say, okay, Corinne Divide will be conquer. this. We haven't had any issues with people like seem to agree with both of us, like working with both of us. They've so. seen that it's like a package deal. Yeah. Like we're all we're all in it together. And to be honest, it's worked in our favor because a lot of the times these bigger agencies will kind of delegate a lot of their work to their coordinators, their interns, and then the owner of the company is not always involved. I'm not saying this is true for all agencies, but for us, we really have sold ourselves as two senior people that will be on your account. Today's Entrepreneur on CJAD. Uh, up next, we're going to talk more influencer marketing with Karina Dreesey and Christina Argento of the Sunday Collective. And later on, we'll delve into podcasting and vlogging and how tools like these are helping uh, PR people like us. So that's on the way. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult F.L. Fuller Landau, chartered professional accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Welcome back to Today's Entrepreneur, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. My name is Dan Delmar, along with FL Montreal's Josh Miller, and our guests this evening, Karine Adrisi and Christina Argento of the Sunday Collective. And Josh, we're talking uh, PR and marketing. We'll delve into um, some new tools that we have as PR people, uh, like podcasting and vlogging. Uh, that is on the way. Uh, but first, uh, back to Karine and Christina. Yeah, and, and you know, when you're starting a new business, you want to start off with the right values with the right you know culture the image the, the the right feel for yourselves your team your clients when you're starting the sunday collective what values are you looking for like what's what's at the top of the list um for us our core value is transparency 
because like in any relationship transparency in the PR world like, in, this is special yeah. yes transparency <laughs> hey now. so yes yeah <laughs> well, it's three on one here it's no with fair. our clients and of course when it comes down to the actual business we're, we're not ever going to represent something that we don't actually believe in um but if you don't have trust like in any relationship it's just not going to work out so when it comes to budget and any expectations we absolutely need to have this transparency with our clients so that they know what to expect they know where their money is going they know where their ROI is it's just super important to us yeah we rather why sugarcoat it you know i think that's kind of like an old school way of doing things but for us it's like here's the budget here are the numbers and even if we have like a little overhead typically other companies used to just take whatever cash like hey we came under so it's ours we will put that towards another project because we're thinking, hey, we're reinvesting and working with this client again. So invoices that come in for projects or whatever planning, whether it's a an event plan or whatever, goes out to the customer and they they just know exactly what they're paying Not for. Not necessarily. We, as an agency, it's our responsibility yeah. to manage the budget. So we manage where the money goes. They give us a certain budget. At the end of it, we show them, here's what we spent on. So yes. they have a transparent, they see, okay, if they want to know, oh, you spent X amount on this caterer, can I please see that invoice? Absolutely. Here it is. Like, it's just very natural. Uh, second it used to be carte blanche. Before it was like, hey, I have 50K. What can you do? And then they'd be like, well, we can do this, this, this. And then next thing you know, they're pocketing probably like a good percentage of it. We're not and again, like it's, we're generalizing, but it's just the way we want to operate. How do you guys communicate success to your clients? I mean, you know, sometimes you have social media metrics to go on, but Absolutely. sometimes it's it's a little bit tougher to sort of pin down the success of a campaign. Of course, with PR, because PR is so not tangible, right? It's a service that we're offering. It's a service that's kind of in the air, unless it's like in black and white, which social media is a little bit easier because we have metrics to kind of give them. So when we're doing a wrap report, it's there. This is how successful the campaign was. This is how much you spent. Here's your return on investment. PR has always been a struggle because clients are investing in us building a relationship for them and how do you put like a dollar sign on that so we try as much as possible doing weekly reports to kind of show them like this is what we've done these are the actionable things that we've done to the number support of your impressions brand. that yeah. we've got in from print that's really the key ROI but we can never tell a client oh we this promise. week we drove this many sales because that's not what PR is yeah. PR is first and foremost getting your name out there it's building the buzz yeah. building the buzz so speaking of getting the name out there do you do as good a job for yourselves as you do for your customers? Like you're, you have the Sunday Collective. What do you do to, Josh, to get the word Josh, you pinpointed out? that so well when we first talked. Like we are le cordon chaussée, exactly as how you had put it is we've worked so hard for the past few years on ensuring that we had money coming in and building these amazing client database that we have now only as of the next few days built our website. Can you imagine? Like that has not been, we haven't had time. So now we are focusing on 2019 in putting a little bit more PR into our PR agency. <laughs> yeah. Which means you just, which means your reputation has to precede you, which means you 100%. need a solid reputation. Do you, how much does that come into play? Uh, you know, monitoring your online reputation. Oof. Online reputation, it's like. Well, online reputation is, is Instagram for us right yeah, now. Exactly. We have a very like successful Instagram page at the Sunday Collective on Instagram, and we have you know great fan base of influencers and media who follow us and our clients, and it's kind of our portfolio right now. So we're using that as our tool, our, our, our reputation. Um, and as it's Karine also said, we're in PR, so it is word of mouth. Like we've mm -hmm. actually had, which is so nice to to our reputation, which is editors recommending us to brands to be like, hey, you should actually reach out to the Sunday Collective. I love working with 
with them. Uh, even when we're doing business dev, we have a whole reference deck at the end of it, uh, speaking to our, our, our reputation. So yeah, it's definitely, it's been there. As, I hope it's good. So far, so good. As Kareen said, though, it's, it's time for us to really do some actual business development to kind of get outside, um, of our usual client base and just kind of see what else is out there. So when you're, you're, you're starting up and I keep saying when you're starting, cause it's, it's relatively new in the last mm-hmm. uh, couple of years or so. You have to come up with some pricing at the beginning. Yeah. How do you determine or develop <laughs> pricing when you're just getting out of the gate? Even two years in, I'm, I'm sure you you evaluate from time to time. Absolutely. But how do, how do you determine that? What worked for you? Well, there, there's like a good saying that it's like it shouldn't be measured. It should be measured by the number of years of experience we have and not so much necessarily like this is the industry standard. We really put in there. We kind of have like a sushi menu when we're meeting with client, clients based on like their needs and, and what they really want from us. So from there, we kind of say, all right, you have two senior um, people on your team. You have a coordinator. This is the price. Um, so we're kind of going with a little bit industry standard, but also a little bit more of like injected with our experience. Mm-hmm. At the beginning, we definitely not undercharged, but we were affordable because we were trying to obviously penetrate the market and be competitive. Uh, now that we're a few years in, we're kind of like, all right, we know what we're doing. We have the we success. We have that confidence yeah. too now that maybe in the beginning, any entrepreneur might feel a little bit shaky charging what they actually know is the industry standard. You're scared to be rejected. Yeah. And we knew what the hourly rates were in the industry. We've worked with agencies in the past. So we wanted to remain competitive, but also be true to ourselves and to our expertise. Do you ask for deposits? No, no, it's no. not going to happen. <laughs> we, 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 like, we ask for like purchase order numbers and contracts. That's a promise to pay that we so far we haven't had many issues with. Uh, Karina and I had this discussion just before coming. Like you just have to be super organized and following up, carving that time into your schedule because I think the supply is the price of the doing board, business. Yeah. To be honest, if uh, people are going to be late paying, like it, it really is. So we really need to be uber organized when putting everything together, following up with our clients. Especially if you're dealing with larger companies, you, the PO Definitely. can come in at the same time that the work has to go out. Absolutely. It's happened more or than months one later. time. Or months later, exactly. <laughs> and we're like, well, we went out of pocket. Um, but again, cost of doing business, especially in PR. No, and, and all these finances, you know, and all the, the, there's so much activity, you know, you're a few people. It's got to raise a little bit of emotions in the room at the time. How do you manage your emotions in 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 this this relatively new business working together with a longtime friend? Does that come into play? How do we manage our emotions, Josh? We have to talk uh, other, other than the unopened bottle of wine, yeah. exactly, exactly. We um, forgot to bring a bottle opener, so that didn't um, work out for us. We but talk no. a lot. We have to talk a lot and luckily, talk things through because we can come into that being really heated, yeah. and it's happened more often than none where it starts off really, really emotional, and then. Once we have a conversation, you see the other person's side, it, 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 it like, you're like, okay, let me Deflates a little bit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. We just, we're lucky that we have such a respect for each other that so far it's been really good in, in just communicating. Like, I don't like to harbor negative feelings for very long. It's just not in my nature. It'll come out. And I think Karina is the same way. Definitely. Um, so we'll talk things out. Sometimes as you're talking, you're like, okay, I'm not making sense. I see this is on me. It happens a and lot then, to me. Yeah. So <laughs> like I'm super emotional and then realize, all right, let me work this out a little bit more. And you occasionally talk over each other. Always. Always. That's our thing. <laughs> Have we been doing that a lot? Sorry, everyone. <laughs> just, just, so just, just before we, 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 uh, we go to the next segment, uh, industry trend. What do you see as next as as the hot things? What does what is, what is a Sunday Collective look to focus on next? Production, podcasts, 
we need to almost expand or find the right partner to really offer more services. I think they say in our industry that content is king. Um, with PR shifting, we're definitely looking to potentially delve into a little bit more production. What a segue, Dan. Yeah. Tell Ooh. me about it. You're welcome. Absolutely. Because <laughs> the next segment, we're going to talk about podcasts and that content. And uh, we're going to pick uh, Dan's brain as the as the specialist behind that awesome. uh, and listen to uh, all his uh, pros and cons behind that. That wasn't even planned. Thanks, guys. Uh, so, yeah, uh, podcasting and vlogging next on Today's Entrepreneur. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult F.L. Fuller Landau, chartered professional accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Welcome back to today's Entrepreneur, inspiring stories from outstanding business people, Dan Delmar and FL Montreal's Josh Miller with you. We have Karina Dreesi and Christina Argento here from the Sunday Collective, and we'll have their one piece of advice for today's entrepreneur on the way. Uh, but first, Josh. First, Dan, we're going to get to the topic of podcasts. We're going to get to the topic of vlogging. We're going to get to the topic of, of what we've been seeing for a little while now, but definitely nascent, definitely still pretty early on. And uh, yourself, you know, you've been kind of involved in podcasts for at least the last couple of years. So I kind of want to turn the tables to you a little bit because we talk about we talk about it on many of our previous shows with different entrepreneurs. We heard it from from Kareen earlier, where it's you know that's where that's where they might be heading. For the basic listener, I mean, a podcast. What what is a podcast to you? I mean, a podcast is just a radio show on the internet. And what makes it different is that there's no constraining uh, format like we have here in radio. So you don't have to necessarily go in and out at a certain time. Uh, it can be 20 minutes. It can be five hours. Uh, it's really up to you. And uh, it is available through uh, through various feeds like iTunes. Um, there are players uh, through an RSS feed. You can play it from a web player like on SoundCloud. So it's very portable. You can download it. You can take it wherever you go on a plane uh, in the car, uh, on public transit. So, uh, and because it's downloaded, you don't need to use Wi-Fi. So it's very practical in a sense, and you can take your favorite personalities um, and uh, and take them wherever you're going. Are there ideal, like you know, trying to think there of all the questions of between cost benefit, between you know, what's the best length for a podcast? Mm. Uh, what are the factors that that entrepreneurs should consider if they're going to go into this? Ooh, well, typically, I would say we're not at a place in Canadian podcasting where people can really make a lot of money from it. You have to be super successful to make a lot of money, and even the top tier uh, Canadian podcasters are taking in a few hundred bucks per podcast. So there's not a whole lot of money to be made there. However, uh, what I maintain is that podcasting is an outstanding piece of native content. So if you're trying to beef up your website and you're thinking, mm, I'll put some social media on there, some blogging, maybe do a little Instagram stuff, whatever, a podcast to me is a really great piece of content to, sh to showcase your personality and your your beliefs and your philosophy to the world. Uh, what we also started doing now is doing short mini podcasts for recruitment. So we do something called Recruit Pod. So it's a three-minute podcast that's designed to give prospective job applicants an idea of what their their workplace sounds like, what their bosses, what their colleagues are like. So podcasting is a is a is to me it's the most intimate form of media we have going right now. There's nothing more intimate. I mean, you're really in someone's ears with earbuds on. I mean, it's it's you're connecting almost one on one with someone. So it's uh, it's it's super intimate. And obviously, if you're if you have that closeness, the marketing potential is huge. Versus vlogging, versus adding video to that, because podcast is really just you're listening to it. There's no yeah. visual. 
So where does the visual come into play and how do they compete with each other? Some do both. Uh, the, the model for me is Joe Rogan. If you check out that podcast, he does both video and audio, so you can consume it as you like. So that's awfully convenient. Video, of course, uh, in many cases comes with extra cost. Uh, in, there are some steady cams that work on AI. Uh, Terry Kalakos does this very well here on CJD. And he, he, he that those cameras sort of move automatically with your movements, so it takes care of all the work yourself. That's but typically, if we're, if we're doing a, a podcast production, versus a video production, video is almost 10 times as expensive. Uh, now, now, speaking of which, I mean, the cost to actually create a podcast, yeah. is it prohibitive? Uh, no, not really. It's fairly cheap. I mean, anyone can really record a podcast, even on their cell phone, if you're doing it really, really cheaply. Of course, it won't sound very good. Uh, but a basic podcast, uh, you can start at 250 300 bucks, and then work your way up into the thousands, depending on what options you take. But it's having a recorder. It's a start-stop and then uploading and doing a bit of editing and mastering. So someone who's familiar with audio can get it done themselves uh, for nothing, really. Uh, you know, if I turn to, to Karine and, and Christina... You haven't done this yet. You see this as a future. Is it just the fact that you haven't gotten there yet? Or is there a bit of a fear factor? Is there an unknown? Uh, well, I'm already learning so much right <laughs> now. I'm like, tell me more. Um, I think it's more of a time constraint. Um, it's also figuring out like what it is that we want to say. Mm -hmm. What do we want to put out there? Uh, is it going to be related to entrepreneurship? Is it going to be related to something completely off the grid, which I listen to like murder podcasts, like that's not necessarily everyone's cup of tea. Um, so I think it's really just narrowing it down and making time for it. Podcast definitely would be something we do before vlogging. Cause like he said, not only is there a huge cost production, it's just, you're taking it on a lot more. So Dan, you, you, you know, we, we've spoken to many entrepreneurs, uh, it, almost every show we talk about them, uh, taking advantage of social media, different, different social media platforms. If there's a limited amount of resources, you know, in your opinion, where, where do you spend them? Like, where do you, do you focus more on social media? Do you do a little podcasting? Do you really cut back on one to do the other? Uh, I get that it might change with different businesses, but what are your thoughts on that? Each, each client has a different media mix. So we've actually never had a stable of clients that have had the exact same media mix in, in this entire time. You know, whether it's a, which social networks to use or which platforms to use, these are all forms of media. So Twitter is CJAD, is, is podcasting, is vlogging. They're all forms of media. So every client has different needs and you customize a plan based on the client's needs or based on their budget. And then you, 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 you work your way out. So podcasting is a great option. If you have uh, someone who's, um, who's a business owner who's personality driven, you know, if they're the spokesperson uh, for, for their business, or if they are uh, a public intellectual or a, a leader of their industry, or if they have a following, you want to talk to that person. You want to hear their voice. If you're sort of highlighting a team, well, maybe video makes more sense then, you know, maybe you want to showcase a little bit more of the visual and maybe you have, maybe if you're in fashion, you want to more likely gravitate towards, towards video. So it, the short answer is it's different for everyone, but for podcasting, um, if you are someone who wants to deeply connect with an audience and get in their brains, there is no better um, medium that's, that serves as sort of like a home base for all your media. So your podcast is, is your brand that you, uh, that you construct. That's your one-on-one -on -one connection with your audience. And from that, you can build it out into video, TV, radio, uh, anything. We've had some of our shows here on CJD, a solo in the city. Um, you know, we have our, our shows on iHeartRadio as well. So it's today's uh, entrepreneur is all, all our past shows, 200 some odd yeah. are, are sitting on iTunes, iTunes and Stitcher and, uh, and SoundCloud. And you can check that back at any moment and, and feel like you're connecting with Josh Miller or Fuller Lando. That's a good thing.
Thank you. So thanks, Dan. I know it's a topic that you're very passionate about and we can talk <laughs> for a long time. But as we approach the last moments of our show, as we do each week, we'll turn to our two entrepreneurs, uh, Karina Drisi and Christina Argento, and ask the two of you or each of you, what would be your one piece of advice for today's entrepreneur? Okay, so my piece of advice, it might sound cheesy, but it's to try your best to mitigate your fear of the unknown. So this is something I still struggle with and I need to take moments to remind myself that just because I'm not exactly sure what's going to happen in three months from now doesn't give me a reason to panic. So if you believe in what you do and you love what you do, the business will roll in and the money will come in and that's it. Thank you, Christina. How about you, Corinne? Invest in your team. We would not be where we are today without the support of our team. Invest in your employees. It's worth every single penny. It's the only way you can possibly grow. Excellent. Thank you. We didn't touch on the HR side, but definitely, totally definitely fine. good points. Uh, and Dan, my quick takeaway is of all the entrepreneurs, lots of experience, you got to continue to have fun. And clearly, clearly these two ladies are having some fun. Karina Drisi and Christina Argento of the Sunday Collective. Thanks so much, guys. Thank, Thank you for having us. We'll be back next week, Josh, with Leanne Levy of California Closets. Don't forget a decade worth of entrepreneur profiles on the podcast at todaysentrepreneur.org. So check those out. And we'll see you back here next Monday night at 7 for Today's Entrepreneur. Good night.